Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 94. A lot of stand updates coming up. June 10th in Detroit, June 11th in Dallas, Texas at the Granada Theater. And the Nerdist Podcast live at San Diego Comic-Con. Hashtag SDCC. July 23rd at 8 p.m. at 4th and B. Information for all these shows are at Nerdist.com. Also, pre-order The Nerdist Way. My book, available November 1st. Me, me, me. But enough about me and my crap. Uh, I would like to thank our returning sponsor, GoToMeeting. If you've ever hosted an online meeting, you know it is a pain in the buns to get meetings started. It is your reputation at stake if anything goes wrong. And GoToMeeting is the easiest and most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you start your first meeting in seconds. Everyone can join your meeting in seconds. There's no technical headaches. You're not going to waste time getting things started. It is a web conferencing tool that is the best of the best and the easiest to use. Substantially reduce meeting-related expenses and reduce the overhead in preparing meeting materials. Voice over IP is included. You can just call in via the phone or your computer. GoToMeeting is brought to you by Citrix. Sign up for a free 30-day trial of GoToMeeting. Have all the meetings you want for one low flat rate. That's GoToMeeting.com. Click the Try It Free button and enter the promo code Nerdist. And now the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 94, with a very sweet and very delightful Julie Benz. Now entering Nerdist.com. There's a pain in the world. <laughs> this Rick scene. It yeah, doesn't yeah. go over my hat. Can we get those hat? Um, Can we get the headphones? The headphones. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> That's fine. I put it back. Seacrest. Seacrest hey, is going to be there so again. upset. Oh, I, there was a Seacrest setting. I just saw him. Oh, really? Yeah, he shows up in this trail of golden mist. Yeah. <laughs> he appears. His feet don't actually touch and the ground. Yeah. yeah, and you just hear whispers in the wind. Buddy. Bye. Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> I own your soul. Doesn't he just, um, like... Does money just come out of his pores? Yes, yeah. yes. If you if you can if you he can money, I if you touch him, he has to take you to his pot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> if you catch him, yeah. where does this fit? I don't know. Uh, you gotta, oh, actually, where's the, the wrong? You gotta put this thing. Oh yeah, that's it. that's the wrong. Um, we'll get you some headphones, yeah. guys. I think headphones are a really good idea. Headphones, I like it. Headphones. <laughs> Is it gonna work? Right? It's not gonna go around the brim. That's- oh, 
Okay. It's not going to fit around the brim. I can't take the hat off. I have hat hair now. Okay, I know. I take it off. Don't. Oh, Don't oh my looking, God, looking, you guys. Not looking, not looking. This is the worst thing that's ever happened on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. You know what, though? The, the headphones will act like a hairband. And hold you the hair You look great. Back. Oh, come on. You yeah. look great. What are you talking about? Everything's off. Awesome. Guys, I can't concentrate. It's too much hat hair. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew took his... Boston. Matthew took his Boston Red Sox. Uh, okay, here we are. We're all settled. Julie Benz, what a delight to have you on my little podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. So uh, here's a little history that you may not remember. Um, I guess maybe six months ago, I met JFK. And, uh, oh, my God. Right? That's the, the end of the story. JFK? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm at JFK's grave saying, why? Why did it have this to happen? eternal flame is Bad still Bad things happen to good people. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I'm leaving the airport and I see you about to go through security. So I, without really thinking, I just fire a tweet like, hey, there's Julie Benz. You know, she's purdy. I loved Buffy or whatever. Wow, I don't do that when I see people because I'm not creepy. <laughs> and then I just press my face up against the security glass and I'd have to wipe the mist. And then I, in, the, in my breath mist, I put a smiley face. As I remember, they escorted you out. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, they were, yeah. And it was escorting. My of the escorting. Story. Yeah, they were escorting. Escorting. To be fair. To what be they fair. do to important people. To be fair, you also had bombs. Well, so, to, be, yeah. to be fair, to be fair, yeah, I had I had this dynamite strapped to my chest, yeah. and uh, and then I didn't think anything of it, and then months later, I'm I just did a stand up show in Boston, and I was signing stuff for people afterwards, and this guy's like, I can't believe Julie Benz tweeted at you, and I was like, What are you talking about? And so he pulls it up on his phone, uh, and I was like, Holy shit! You don't read your replies, do you? I, well, I get a lot of them, so I try to read them. Mm, as I read, much as I get a lot too, and I read them all. <laughs> wow. wow, I done got schooled. Someone cares about their fans. <laughs> the more you know, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Although I only have a hundred thousand, he has a million. That is quite a bit of much. And some, and some of those million are actual people, and then a lot of spam and bots. Spam. <laughs> a lot of spam bots. Yeah. A lot of porn bots, and people want to sell me vitamins and Xanax and, and Rolex watches, but. Uh, and then I and then I noticed so I, I was like, oh wow, that's interesting. And then I noticed, wait, Julie Benz is following me. No, this is a mistake. Why would she do that? And then, because you followed me at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to know what my stalkers you physically, are. You physically in real life followed her. I bought another ticket just to go back through security. Yeah. No, and uh, and so I did a thing which I normally I I felt really weird about it first. I'm like, I don't, you know, she doesn't know me, but I sent you a direct message and just said, hey. I'm not creepy, but I'd love to have you on the kind podcast. And you, <laughs> and you sort of sm- a little bit. But but I'm not. But but there was no like I, in my mind, I was prepared. If you were like, "Hey, don't fucking don't write to me ever again," I'd be like, "Yep, done, no problem, <laughs> totally." Uh, but you were very sweet, and so I, you got me in touch with your publicist, and now you've come on. But you you're one of the first people that I don't that I didn't really know that I asked to come on the podcast for a year and a half almost. It's just been people I know. So, like friends? Uh, yeah, like just just friends. <laughs> like, yeah, is that what you call them? So now you're casting a wider net. I'm, ca- I'm yeah. casting a wider net to people I like that I wanted to come on. So this is a good experiment. So hopefully, if you have a good time, It'll, you'll invite people you don't know back. I will start. <laughs> I will start DMing tons of people I don't know. Uh, so th- this is sort of my public apology. I'm sorry for DMing you without really knowing you, but uh, but thank it's you. It's okay. For, thank I you followed for, you. Thank you for being kind, nonetheless. I might unfollow you after this. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't I haven't followed him since episode one. Right after that was done, I just stopped. Yeah. Creeps. <laughs> but I don't I don't think I cast off a creeper vibe. 
I'm I'm a pretty nice guy. No, I'm pretty nice, no. right, Jonah? Yeah, just a silence. <laughs> sure, you guys, Chad. Mr. Hardwick? Sure, right, yeah. Jonah? Nah, you're a real lovable. Good yeah. job, right, Jonah? Yeah, you are, Mr. Hardwick. <laughs> just noticed you got a new car, Jonah. You want to keep that car, <laughs> oh, right, Jonah? Yeah, 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 of course I do, Mr. Hardwick. Come on. <laughs> I got kids. But it actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually. It actually uh, it actually put me in a position to actually, you know, because you were coming on and I didn't know you personally to to look up stuff and oh, figure God. out. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you just call me? <laughs> After I followed you at the airport, I looked oh, you up God. on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you, uh, but interestingly, what I want to talk about is you, if if you can talk about it, okay. uh, if it's not uh, t- torturous to, to remember, you were a child figure skater. Is that true? That is true. What is that? How is that? What is that lifestyle? My cousin was a figure skater, and her life was not fun at all. True. It's a lot of work. Did, was, was, did, when you're a kid, are you like, I want to do that? Or are your parents like, here's some skates. You're going to get out there. And- um, I was three when I started, so I don't think I was going, Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a figure skater. Mm-hmm. Um, I had um, an older brother and older sister, and they wanted to do it. So I kind of was the tag along. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if I could walk at three. Let alone skate. Throw on some skates. My, mo- yeah. my parents thought I had a learning disability at first because um, I was, you, you know, they put us in group lessons, and my brother and sister moved through the group lessons very quickly, and I was still in group one. Now remember, I was three, but I realized <laughs> that I was cute, and everybody would push me around. So I never actually learned how to. I didn't have to learn how to skate. So for nine months, I was in group one <laughs> until my parents kind of told everybody, "Do not touch her. Do not push her around. She has to learn." Oh, that's horrible. So then I learned. I think it's funny that just the idea of like, yeah, this three year old's got a learning disability. He can't read the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is three I years know, old. So old yeah. I, I think it proved that I know how to. That I was actually pretty smart. That. It, I realized that people would push me around. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Can't let people push you around people. all your life, Julian. Can't let it happen. It's time to let it. It's time. That's, yeah. That has to end right here. <laughs> Guys, stop pushing her around. Stop following her at airports. Uh, now, I do want to point out, I didn't follow you. I just saw you. All right, And Chris, kept walking okay. where I was going. <laughs> yeah, you kept walking. As I remember, I you encouraged them to search me. And then you proceeded to stare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the story I remember. Yeah, I wasn't taking I video. I just was yes. holding my phone up because I was looking at the internet. <laughs> I was just looking at the internet online. Do you, do you have to travel a ton? I do. I mean, I, I do. Just for fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what is traveling for fun like? I only ever travel for work. Wait. Well, You, you have to travel for fun? Yes. <laughs> no, I love to travel. I love to travel. Um, when when I travel for fun by myself, like on my own, I travel in coach. Um, <laughs> I like traveling for work because you're usually in first class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll the, the throw you up there. And yes. It's, it's all snazzy. Yes. I got to tell you, though, I, I'm, I'm one of those stupid people that I will just Pay, pay for first class anyway because I can't it I, I just hate being sandwiched in the middle in a middle seat yeah the, the, la- the last time it happened I was next to a biker and then I just had this I had this giant stakey elbow in my neck for five and a half hours I told like, you I'd move it you lost a lot of weight to be fair um, yeah. I, had, I had a terrible flight home from Paris at, uh, my boyfriend and I went to Paris over Christmas and on the flight home and then we were sitting in coach and in the worst seats in coach, like in the way, way back by oh, the right. bathroom. Yeah. Mm. Um, and on the way home, he proceeded to get really ill oh. and was vomiting. And I had to borrow people's barf bags. And at the, 
on the plane, they were showing my Desperate Housewives episode. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm asking for barf bags and people are asking for my autograph. Oh, no. <laughs> and my poor boyfriend is throwing up all over the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Will you sign my barf bag? Yeah. <laughs> sure. You just hear, oh, the what and was I that? Look Don't like, worry about it. I look like, like so cheap. Like we were in the worst seat to go. <laughs> It was awful. Thanks for the autograph. I'm so sorry. Oh, you can keep the bag. Sorry, things are doing well for you. What happened? What was what happened? Did you get food poisoning or was no, it a he bug? got the flu. Oh, oh man. How long yeah. was that flight? It was long. It was like ten hours. Oh, it was God. really bad. And you know, but he's he tried to act like it wasn't so like he wasn't in so much pain, but it's it's hard to ignore throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Wretch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what I, was that? Nothing. No. I, I I had that I had that on a plane once. It is not awesome to travel when you have to throw up. It started as soon as we started taking off is when it started. Oh. And he just looked at me and he was like, This is gonna be the longest flight of my life. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's painful. I uh, I had that on a flight to St. Louis once, and I had to swap seats so I could get the aisle seat. And then the cart was coming down the aisle, and the stewardess gave me this sort of curt, like, um, can you please sit back down? And all I could do was make this motion with my fingers and my mouth, <laughs> and this, like, exploding finger motion. <laughs> and her whole demeanor changed, yes. instantly backed up. Uh, and then I spent the next couple hours in a tiny. That's lavatory. how I'm going to get through yeah. a crowded bar from now on. Just, just, so, just, go, just yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he's okay now. Everything's yes, fine. He, he recovered. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> the flu at Christmas. Did it stop the second you landed? He's like, oh, I feel better now. <laughs> no, he was he was sick for a couple days. Because <sighs> yeah. Paris is dirty. Is that what it is? Yeah, Paris is dirty. <laughs> It's fun, dirty, but it's dirty. It's dirty. Yeah, they got a lot of weird stuff. What? Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> are you shooting right now, or are you off? No, uh, I'm off. Oh, that's nice. I'm actually on vacation right now. That's great. It's great. What? What else are you gonna do? Um, I'm gonna go to Puerto Rico on Thursday for a charity event, and then I'm gonna go to the Kentucky Derby next week. I was born in Louisville. I love the Kentucky Derby. Oh, you're gonna wear a big yeah. hat. Uh, two big hats. Yeah, <laughs> and drink mint jubilees. Yes. And fan yourself. Mint, a mint the, jubilee or a mint julep? A mint julep. Not a mint jubilee. <laughs> a mint jubilee. I have made a slight mod to mine. It uh, That's contains a virgin. Uh, it's a mint virgin. It's a ger- virgin. Yeah. A virgin. Yeah. Virgin mint julep. <laughs> it's not, a German julep. I'm not doing a virgin julep. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good to I'm know. I'm going to have it's the hardcore one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the mint. Yeah, let's have a mint drink. The Derby's great. Have you been before? I've never been. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm really excited. Churchill Downs. I know. There's just horses running around in a circle, right? Yep. And, and yeah, you get to gamble on them. You get to bet. Oh, there it is. It's like NASCAR, but you can abuse the cars. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's like pretty fun. It's really sad when they put down the uh, cars, though. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Right <laughs> out of the prime, field. Put out the pasture. The car throws a tire. They just shoot yeah, it. Yeah, they put it out the parking lot. Yeah, I grew up. I grew, My parents were all friends with horse trainers when I was growing up. So oh, wow. I just spent tons of time on fields shoveling horse shit now that I remember it. Um, it sounds like a blast. I, I'm going to have the same experience. <laughs> <laughs> Come around back. Are you guys, are you getting the, the full on VIP treatment? Or are they taking yes. you through? Oh, it's good. That's the way to do it. I'm very excited. That's awesome. So, uh, so you're on vacation now. When mm-hmm. do you guys go back? For No Ordinary Family? Yeah. I don't know if we're going back. What, what, what? I know. Our numbers were terrible. Really? Yeah. 
We're we're kind of under the bubble. I, <laughs> I don't even want to say we're the on bubble. the bubble. Oh, no. We're a little under the bubble, according mm. to TV Guide this week. <laughs> oh, thanks, TV Guide. <laughs> uh, write whatever you want. We're not human beings. Listen, whatever movies. your numbers no, were, they were better than the Paul Reiser show. <laughs> but you know, it's um, it's sad. I, I I think our show appeals to an audience that watches shows in different mediums, like not necessarily the old way of watching television, right. where the ratings system. Occurs. I mean, I think we have a hipper audience that, you know, um, watches it on Hulu and iTunes and those right. numbers we are fantastic for us and our foreign numbers are great. So I just think that uh, we just have a hipper audience and unfortunately the rating system is still very antiquated and doesn't really... Uh, take in, I mean, they barely take in the DVR numbers, you know? Yeah, that's a weird thing. And uh, do, um, th the Nielsen boxes, or the way they do the ratings, are still Nielsen, right? Yes. Yeah, Nielsen Do Media. they only give them to families, or do they give them to, like, single dudes, single girls? I think they like, probably parse out the demographic, but the problem is that there's... You'd be surprised at how, I mean, there's just a minimal amount of boxes. Like a thousand. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like 10,000 or something for all of America. Like, <laughs> that's how they it's get archaic. the ratings. It's archaic. It's yes. like a real old way. It is, but I, I think they did an experiment one year where they actually tracked what people were really watching, and the networks were like, you can't ever do this again, because <laughs> you know what they realized is that, I mean, the networks would take a bath uh, yeah. if you actually tracked what people were watching. And DVR, they can't take into account because advertisers don't like the idea that you can skip through the ads. Yeah, yeah. And, and they won't, I mean, iTunes and Hulu, I mean, they won't ever reveal what those numbers are for real. No, so, which is no. crazy, because that is... That's the new medium. That's new media. That's like how we're going to be watching television exactly. in five years. And I think that's important for advertisers because there are product placements in mm -hmm. shows. So it's it's unfortunate that we're still holding on to a time when there were three channels, and you know it was easy to track Don't forget whatever the was watching. Network. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Colgate presents sponsored by Kingston Smokes. Kids love them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, we, we kind of suffer from that at, at G4 a little bit where it's, you know, like so much of our programming is DVR'd. Mm -hmm. And they're like, ah, you can't count that, though. You're like, but they're, but they're People are watching it. Yeah. And, you know, I get stopped so much about the show and, and by a, a giant cross-section of, of different types of people that love it and watch it. And it just is shocking to me that... Um, our ratings were, you know, we were in a really tough time slot too. Tuesday night at eight is the toughest time slot in television because yeah. we're up against Glee, NCIS, which is a monster, yeah. and um, uh, Biggest Loser. You know, three well-established shows, and then they, you know, we were a freshman show. Our lead-in was Wheel of Fortune. I mm -hmm. mean, <laughs> it's weird though because uh, <laughs> it, what sucks is that they, you know, networks are not in the business anymore of. Um, of like fostering programming. It's just like we, cause we talked about, we talked about this on one of the last podcasts, yeah. the, the Paul Reiser show. They, they, they were like, Oh, this show's coming out. Oh, we canceled it. Yeah. Like, Oh, you just gave it two episodes. But I don't think they can anymore because of, um, you know, the networks are all owned now by these giant conglomerates. And, and so they have, you know, they have to answer to bigger people. Um, and so they have to prove that they're bringing in numbers and, and, it's just, it's not like it used to be where, you know, they were less, more independent and didn't have these, you know, 
big brothers. I mean, they're, yeah. right. they're a small part of a bigger corporation. Yeah. And it's all like, and they're all ba- essentially run by the marketing departments now. I mean, they used mm-hmm. to be run by people who headed up creative programming, and now it's all that run by start- marketing. That is starting to change. Um, with Paul Lee taking over ABC, mm-hmm. and he comes from a producing background, and with Bob Greenblatt taking over NBC, and he comes from a producing background as well, and also ran Showtime for when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're both very creative as far as like their backgrounds. So I think that's, we're going to see more of a change mm-hmm. in, in the leadership of networks. Yeah, that would be, that, it would be nice because there's, there's this insane uh, Renaissance television period going on in cable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a handful of shows on network television that you're like, oh, that's actually, there's actually a good show. And then the rest of it is just networks trying to scramble as hard as they can to throw weird competition shows on to yeah. to get people to watch them. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. There is a shift going on, though. I mean, they canceled, was it uh, All My Children and Days, yeah. of, Days of, our of Our Lives? lives. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of a big deal that I think will shake start you know going towards you know later times kind of surprised like, those shows lasted as long as they did yeah me too yeah <laughs> well because because why why would you watch fake dramatization when you can watch semi-reality dramatization yeah, exactly so it's you know it'll it'll be weird not having you know i mean i grew up watching all my children and it'll be odd not having <laughs> susan lucy that's, like, that's like that's like what you would have to watch when you're homesick from school yes. like game shows and then you'd be like well that's just on yeah and right after watch yeah. It. right after price is right like well yeah. i guess i'm into soaps yeah. yeah and you had all my children um one life to live and the general hospital and then you had like the reruns of all the sitcoms and all that other stuff yeah, come on yeah. at four o'clock. yeah old, or no then you had 70s. oprah oprah and then after that yeah, yeah. and oprah's going 22 more episodes left. Oh, that's I, it? I don't think I'm going to be able to survive. But she's not she's going to her network though, right? But she's no. not doing like a daily show no, anymore yeah. though. Like if anything it's going to be weekly, right? Or just specials? I guess. Yeah. And, and I realize like my dream of being in the audience for like her big gift shows is like <laughs> it's it, I'll never be in that audience. What? Oh, right. You still have 22 <laughs> opportunities left. No, you those... have all this vacation time. What are you doing? Get to Chicago. I'm sure those have been booked for a decade. <laughs> no. Oh, her favorite things. Her favorite things. I yeah. mean, I'm never going to sit in that audience. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I, I can't ever go. You get a car. You get a car. It's, oh, it's sort of hard to blame Oprah, though. It's like, I have a billion dollars. Why am I doing a show every freaking day? Because she cares. I know. She cares, Chris. Well, who's going to remember my spirit if I, if I don't have <laughs> Oprah? If I don't have Oprah anymore. It's, it's not too late. You have 22 weeks left. Write a book. Uh, take it on Oprah and be an author. That's, that's what you got to do. You got 22 weeks. No, no, no. She's a, it's a daily show, right? It's a daily show. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, 22 episodes. Yeah. 22 episodes. Oh, shit. That's going to be harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It only gives you like six weeks. I can maybe like develop a bad drug problem, go into rehab, recover, <laughs> Quick. then write a book, and then get on the show. Does anyone have any heroin or barbiturates? <laughs> Hurry up. We're going we're gonna to get on this. You're going to have to do all of them at the same time. Write your book while going through heroin. and then into the, book. Uh, the heroin's going to help you get through the book. Right. Yeah, okay. Writing process. And then the speed will keep you awake. Did you, what did you, uh, what kind of stuff did you like growing up? Did you, were you, did you like any nerdy stuff or what, what was your, what, what kind of shows did you watch? What, what did you like? Um, I don't know what nerdy stuff is. I'm not a nerd. Uh, no, I mean when I was little, when I was little, little, I loved Star Wars. I loved all the Star Wars movies. Pretty nerdy, <laughs> I guess. Pretty sweet. <laughs> but I was really young when they came out, and I remember uh, my parents took us to see the original Star Wars. And I thought if we exited the uh, movie theater from behind, you know, by 
behind the screen. You know how you used to be able to exit like into the parking lot. Although I didn't know it was the parking lot. I thought we were going to meet the actors. (laughs) 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 And and I guess I had been bad that day. And so my parents led me to believe that I was going to meet the actors. And then when we got out to the parking lot, they said, oh, because you were bad today. They went home. (laughs) And I was devastated. So from that day on, you were like, I'm going to do whatever I can in my life to meet those actors. Yes. (laughs) Was this little girl behaved? (laughs) No, I'm sorry then. (laughs) Darth Vader. I really wanted to meet (laughs) R2-D2. Warwick Davis. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's such a sad but adorable story. (laughs) So were you extra good at every other movie and you're like, I haven't fucking met anyone yet. What's going on? It took me a while to catch on that, that, um, that they weren't really behind the screen. I used to crawl behind. I used to be the kid that would crawl behind the TV set and look to see where the actors were mm-hmm. inside the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, you know, mm, that earlier story about your parents thinking you were <laughs> slow. Disabled. Starting to make a little more sense. <laughs> I did stuff like that. I was a very imaginative kid. <laughs> that's really odd. It's like they're in the front, but they're not in the back. What's going yeah. on? Yep, that's adorable. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, uh, and those, remember that you could look through the holes and like you see all these lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then look through the little holes in the TV. And I mean, I'm showing my age, obviously. <laughs> Half your audience is like, God, how old is she? Yeah. You turn the knob, and we're like, knob. I don't understand. I can assure you, you're younger than I am. So <laughs> I I reference shit all the time that people are like. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? What was? What's Chico and the Man? <laughs> different Strokes. Oh, I love that show. You remember Different Strokes? I do. You're reruns. a kid. I have reruns of it. Oh, that's right. Reruns. Yeah. Reruns. Just like how you like know. Rerun. Just like how you would know about I Love Lucy. I don't comprehend. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that was rerun. What's was... a rerun? I feel like there's this whole generation of people out, that dude. does not know I Love Lucy, uh, uh, The Flintstones. Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. But I think, Bewitched. I think mm. kids watch so much TV growing up that they end up seeing all this stuff. They all, you know, because yeah, I remember not I watched on anymore. Nick at Night. What? It's not on anywhere anymore. What is yeah. it? Nick at Night now shows Home Improvement. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. They start the George Lopez <laughs> yeah. show or like really? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they've moved. They've moved on. What? A- wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you need a minute? Yeah. Need a minute yourself. <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> I need. I just need a second. Yeah, just, no, that's, a, that's horrible. Home improvement. Yeah. Those are like our, those are culturally relevant shows that change the perspective of a lot of people. Like. Yeah. All in the family. Like, Shut up, old man. No, but this is like, what did Home Improvement? I watched it every episode, but it's not, it didn't do anything. Jonah, here's the thing. As a guy, <laughs> when you go into a hardware store, you <laughs> turn into an ape. <laughs> <laughs> That's the series. So you uh, also, uh, I was a huge Buffy fan, and I didn't watch Buffy in its original run, but I did that thing like five years ago where I got the box set and just watched all of them. Wow. In like a two month period. Wow. Because uh, uh, Joss and I used to be neighbors. Oh, cool. When he was doing Buffy, and I never knew the show. I mean, I didn't wasn't watching the show at the time. So I was like, "Oh, have good luck with your vampire show." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in the castle. <laughs> told me the castle. And then years later, are you still living there? And he's like, "Now in some man." <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what jo- no, here's what jo- Joss. Uh, we lived. This was no. This was years ago. I lived in Brentwood. I'll never live on the west side again. Uh, didn't he like buy a bunch of houses in the neighborhood and then just keep building onto them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he geez. mashed when I first when I first moved. 
into the house across the street from him, there was construction because there were two houses that had been raised and then he was building a mega house yes. between the two of them. It's almost like, that was a guy who wrote Toy Story and he's, he's right. He's doing the show called Buffy. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and then that house was really nice. So it's, it's possible he may have owned the entire block. Yeah, he, he probably does by now. <laughs> <laughs> or he owns the block somewhere else. <laughs> but can I tell he you? owns Brentwood. <laughs> he might own Brentwood. Yeah. But the, the other OJ fun, was the last one he had to get. But, he, but that's the thing. We lived right around the corner from the OJ, uh, from the yes. alleged. Bundy. Uh, yeah. I used to live oh, in Brentwood. Right oh, you did? Yes. So uh, Monica Lewinsky's father lived at the end of our street. Oh. Like, like four doors down from Joss. Wow. And so when that all broke, there was a period of a month where there were literally reporters sleeping on people's lawns. Wow. wow. Just waiting to shove a camera in this poor guy's face. Hey, wow. you reporter, get off my lawn. You <laughs> dumb reporter. Crazy reporter. Did you give him lemonade? <laughs> not Did you give set up lemonade. a lemonade stand? No, oh, yeah. because I wanted them to be thirsty, because what they were doing was horrible. Yes. <laughs> How do you feel about your daughter and these horrible sexual acts with the commander in chief? And the dress. Yeah, well, and the dress. Uh, your, daughter, uh, your daughter blew the president. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to get reporters. back on a train and go back to Chicago. All Chicago and reporters there. It was weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Bill from the Chicago Tribune. Hi, your daughter blew that guy, huh? <laughs> you smoke a lot of cigars when she was a baby? Come on. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> Um, so how did you how did you get involved with with Buffy? Was it just a traditional like ah here's a call you're going to audition? Yeah, I mean I um I, I originally auditioned for the role of Buffy, mm-hmm. but at the time I was about five years too old to play Buffy. But that's how I met Joss, and he really liked my choices and like what I was doing with the character, and um, he offered me to play Vampire Girl Number One, um, <laughs> and I said okay, and uh, Vampire Girl Number One turned into Darla and turned into the whole thing. So. Such a fun character. Oh, she was fantastic. You, you, you must have had a great time working I on that show. I loved playing her. I mean, she was 400 years old, and she was just so, like, epic. And every week they challenged me. I had to do, you know, ride a horse through fire or get buried alive. I had to sing. <laughs> I mean, and I don't sing, and I had to sing. And, you know, I was always being challenged um, in some way. And, and they just wrote me such great storylines mm-hmm. that I loved it. I loved playing her. Was did did every episode? Did you kind of have an idea? Like at a certain point, they must have said, "Okay, you're going to be you're going to recur on the show, or you're a regular cast member on the show." No, I I never really had any idea. Oh, really? Yeah. And every time I would die, because I died like nine times or something, and every time I died, I thought it was over. (laughs) (laughs) I would be crying. I'd be saying goodbye to everybody, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're back next week." (laughs) It's a fantasy show. (laughs) We could do whatever we want. Yeah. So, but it was fun. I mean, I never really knew where the story was going. I don't even think they knew. I mean, Joss was, you know, literally writing the scripts as we were going along. There were days where we didn't even have scripts. We just had scenes. Holy crap. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty it was great training ground and it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. It was yeah. like a roller coaster ride. Because <laughs> you guys you didn't didn't you, sh- you shot that in sort of Santa Monica, right? Those, Buffy those... was shot in Santa Monica and then Angel was shot um, at Paramount. Oh, okay. Angel was a little more. Angel probably was a little more of a production than Buffy was in the beginning, right? Because it was. It was. Josh was pretty established by that point. It was, but I mean, they still didn't have their scripts. <laughs> <laughs> well, because at that time, Josh, I think he was writing. He's he was writing like. He was writing Buffy, Angel, and Serenity, and and, uh, and Firefly. Yeah, I mean, he was. He he does everything, <laughs> and he is very hands on. I mean, he approves everything that you see on camera, from like wardrobe fittings to everything. I mean, in that's what I think is so great and why the show was so fantastic 
is um, he had such a vision of what it was he was creating mm -hmm. and was very involved. Even when he was off doing other things, he was still very involved in in what was being created and, and nothing nothing was done without his approval and you always felt his presence. Yeah. And so many show, other shows don't have that. You know, when your leader leaves, you feel like you're drowning. So yeah. um, he just had such great vision and he hired an amazing team. I mean, we had Tim Minear who... Um, was you know writing on Angel and he was fantastic and um, and David Greenwald and so he had like he hired like the best writers to come in and 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 be his backup team and they were fantastic. Yeah, and 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 the thing that the thing that's so refreshing about a show like Buffy because that was Buffy came around when then uh, television was not in a good state right. at all and. So to so to see like a young guy helming a show and with each episode you really feel how much he cares about the universe he's created oh, it, and the attention to detail. He would get so excited. He'd be like he would like get, <laughs> like a little boy get so excited and just infuse like all his enthusiasm. Like it would just be catching and he'd just be excited too because he was so excited about the story or something that he was going to do and like it was just so, you know, this youthful boyish energy that he has it's just you know it was contagious that's so great and hopefully uh hopefully the business hasn't squashed that out of him by now 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 that he's <laughs> now he's doing the avengers it. better be good <laughs> <laughs> no, no if, he's, if, he's doing the avengers he's doing right? the avengers yeah that's fantastic if the avengers is not good it's not going to be because of joss no it's going to be because a studio did a weird test screening somewhere and they're like out of this yeah, but because that know they're, guy's they're awesome. Redoing Buffy without Joss. I know. I don't know how you do that. I I, I can't. I. I don't think the fans are going to take too kindly to that. No. I got a whole generation of new fans. Because Joss, <laughs> no. Pretty Joss. soon Buffy's going to be on Nick at Night, yep. and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joss is the head vampire. Like there's you can't you can't go into that clan and not have the guy who. Yeah, but I think there's so many tweens who like love Twilight but have yet to see Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And those tweens who love Twilight will not get the irony of Buffy. If it's done that way. Oh, him shit. Do yeah, it. Right. It's done like Who's the Vampire knows? Diaries or some yeah. shit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need a barf bag. I, uh, <laughs> I just, I'll get one for you. Please, yeah. you still have some? Yes, people gave us a stack. Can you barf bag? <laughs> that could be your thing. Like when you go do signings and stuff, you just sign barf bags. Know, just like right? an inside joke that you have. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, the original, the, the Buffy movie totally holds up still too. Have you seen the movie lately? You know, I never saw the movie because Joss was never really proud of the movie. Really? Yes, that's why he did the television show. He wasn't, he, he wasn't really like, Involved. I mean, he wrote the script, but he wasn't involved in like the final product, and um, and so that's why he did the show. And uh, he always told us not to watch it, so I never watched it. Oh, that's oh, wow. too bad. <laughs> I think it's a great movie, and I think it was the first because you know coming out of nine hundred two one zero, watching like Luke, Luke Perry, Perry, and you're like, yeah. oh, he's he's not a tool. Like he's <laughs> actually kind of funny. And Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens Paul is Rubens mind blowingly yeah. hilarious in the, in, in, in it. Uh, yeah, that that's so funny how how people get in their own heads about whatever they're creating because I yeah. think that I think I think the the original movie was I mean the show was much more in depth and certainly a m much more intense of a ride, but the original movie's pretty good. <laughs> the theater, you did, yeah, yeah, me too. How many times? Oh, just once. Oh. <laughs> I saw that once. I oh, saw Clueless you, uh, three times. Did, afterwards, oh, did you did you go back and meet uh, Christy Swanson afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Behind I, the the screen? I was actually really good that day, so the actor stuck around. So you got oh, to see Luke Perry. 
Hey kiddo, I'm 42. I'm playing a teenager. <laughs> How'd that work? I think that's why I decided to become an actor because I thought that you know you had to be behind. Yeah. think of the amount of work you had to do every theater. You yeah, yeah. that's your you book title: <laughs> Going Behind the Screen with Julie Benz. You just want to hang out behind theaters. This yeah. is a fan of it. That's weird. Now you can't exit in the back anymore. No, the multiplexes. Yeah, yeah. you can't. It's no fun. Mm. <laughs> no fun. Do you see anything lately you like? Like, do you, do you see anything good lately? Um, ew, I'm terrible. I don't go to the movies. Me neither. So that's why I was asking. I was just looking for yeah. a good suggestion. <laughs> no, I mean I saw the King's Speech. Yeah. And I loved it. So did they fix his stutter? Yeah, they did. Okay, the good. End. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> you know the ending now. <laughs> the end. Are you gonna get up at three a.m. and watch the royal wedding? Uh, oh, you know what? I would if I was going to be here, but I'm going to be in Puerto Rico. So. Oh, they probably don't care as much. Yeah. <laughs> I might DVR it, though. It could, that's what you got to do. Yeah. But then, of course, the, the royal family's not going to get to capitalize on the advertiser because <laughs> exactly. you DVR'd it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of excited. I, it, at first, I wasn't. And now, like this week, I'm kind of like all the hype. I'm like, ooh, this is so exciting. <laughs> is, is it fun? Like, I'm trying to. Cause There's the, death threats against them. Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> they might get shot I mean, during. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to really want to marry the guy. <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, if there's death threats, walk, I mean, walking down the aisle is tough enough. I did it once. Um, Not with freaking snipers. <laughs> I even imagine if there's like death threats. Like, yeah, she's really got them on to marry that prince. <laughs> you know what, though? You say that, but I, I guarantee you that those people's lives are not fun at all. Like, they have to live in this weird pageantry sociological prison. Where they have to follow rules. But I think it's changing. I Is mean, it? I think that with the, the younger generation, I think they're changing it. Like, I, I think Prince Charles probably had to live with all of that and, mm -hmm. and hence all the issues. Right. Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think with Prince William and Prince Harry, like, they seem like hipper and like more, I don't know, a little more in touch with what's going on. But what what and, can they do as, as a prince? Are you just kind of, is it just almost like having a reality show where it's just like, well, you're a celebrity, so here, appear at this thing and support this thing. And what, what yeah, is I don't, it really? I don't really, I don't quite understand the monarchy system. It's still, it's so antiquated. I don't really know if they have much political power at all. I they think they're It's all, yeah. No, but I think, I think they can really help influence charities and, yeah. and charitable Yeah, well, that's what Princess Di did. Princess Di did. Yeah, she just used her notoriety to... Uh, and I know like Prince Harry recently went to visit um, a bunch of soldiers that came back from um, Afghanistan and Iraq, and you know, like they're, he's very big in that. Like they're, they're yeah. definitely took him to Ibiza. Yeah, <laughs> they, they call it Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, they call it Ibiza over there. Yeah. But I'm actually kind of. I mean, I want to see what her dress. I want to know if she's going to wear a long dress. Remember Princess? Di I mean, I watched Princess Diana's wedding. I woke up just before TiVo. I did because of my mom. Yeah, exactly. My mom woke us up. We got up. We watched it. The dress was gorgeous. It was. I mean, I don't, I mean, is Kate going to wear like a long dress like that? That's what's so know. interesting. You know, it, it, it's interesting from the it's standpoint. It's a girly moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a little bit of a girly moment. And, and, but because in the 80s, in the 80s, it was okay to be overtly opulent. And yes, now, now, you know, now that we're in, in, in a financial crisis. Well, it turns out they're taking cars over there. They're not even taking horse-drawn golden carriages. Can oh, really? That? Can you believe I that? I know, right? No, but you know what's really funny? They showed footage of the, the bridesmaids walking down the aisle in Princess Diana's wedding, and they all looked miserable. <laughs> like, miserable. <laughs> like, none of them were smiling. No, no, that's like, just British people. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I hope people are smiling. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just British people. They don't they like don't to emote yeah. a whole lot. They keep it all. Are you happy all... for Queen and Country? Yes. What are you happy for Queen and Country? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm ecstatic at the moment. Can't you feel my youthful exuberance? Uh, do, you, do you ever go to London much? Do you get to go over to England? I've been there quite a few times, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I haven't been uh, since 2001. Wow. I know. 9-11. I know. Oh. <laughs> no, it was actually right, right, right around there. Uh, no, and, and I, I used to, uh, I, I quit drinking like eight years ago, and I I'm think sorry. I've always. I know, I know. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry, you got your life together. Do you want, uh, you want some more scotch? Uh, so, but and so I always think in the back of my head, like, yeah, but the fun part about London when I was there the last time was like, the I'm popcorn. drinking in the Natural History Museum, <laughs> yeah. uh, at the Darwin exhibit, but uh, I don't know. I don't know now. No, they've become like, I mean, you can't smoke everywhere anymore there. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, it's nice. It is nice. Yeah. All right, maybe I'll go back. I want to go see the Doctor Who experience. <laughs> it just got silent. <laughs> just got really silent. Me too, Chris. You could, uh, yeah, we just had some friends go. They said it was, they said it was really amazing. Yeah. You, you, but you, do you do a lot of cons? Do you get to go a lot of the, the Comic Cons? You went to I, I, Icon, right? In, I did. I was at in Icon, Long Island. In Long Island. How was it? It was good. It was good. It was fun. They're always fun. It is nice. And I, I would imagine that, I mean, the nerds adore you. I know. It's so nice. <laughs> it's nice. And they're sweet. It's a, it, of, all the, of all the fan groups you could have, they're the nicest. What I really love about how my career has kind of happened unexpectedly is that um, being involved in all these genre shows, the fan base is so loyal. I mean, they'll follow you anywhere. And that's what I love. And that's why I do the conventions. I like meeting the fans and continuing their support. <laughs> is it Begging hard? for their support. Is it hard, though? So I can continue to work. Yes. <laughs> is it hard, though, sometimes where they want to um, talk about stuff more general and, and like a nerdy general thing where there's like, oh, well, did you also see you were in Buffy? So did you see this vampire thing and know about that? Do they expect you to know about the whole genre? Um, you know, they, they do ask those questions and, and I'm very honest about what I know about, what yeah. I don't know about. Um, you know, so you said, I just, I'm an actress. I did a really good job in the show you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would want to know about that? No. <laughs> do, you still, do you still have the vampire forehead <laughs> appliance? From... Also, no, actually, question. that's me without makeup on. No, no, no. <laughs> no. It really is. I don't believe you. Oh, trust me. I don't believe you for well, a second. It's true. Yeah. Second I, question. What's your technique? <laughs> I've seen you without a hat. Oh, no. Everything's good. We weren't going to talk about that. No I know. I'm so sorry. Well, this audio podcast. No one's going to. You saw the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the energy. <laughs> Please look at us. We're just a ragtag group of dorks thrown together. Pretty much. Ba- barely. Barely. I just, I'm I'm mildly presentable today. Yeah. I almost dressed up, and I was like, "That's going to be too weird." Because yes. I didn't want, you know, I wanted to think like, "Oh, we're professionals here," and I'm like, "Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You should have dressed up. She'll just think we're semi <laughs> semi professional. You should have dressed up. <laughs> I should have dressed. Really? It'd be weird you if you showed up and I was in a top hat and tails. No, it, it would have been nice. Oh shit! I knew it. <laughs> I was at Starbucks across the street writing. I'm writing a book and I, I have to do edits now, which is awful. But uh, and I was at a table next to a guy who uh, was wearing tap shoes. Wearing oh. tap shoes at a Starbucks suit, bow tie, tap shoes. Huh. Hmm. Where was he going? I don't know, but just Did you sit down and talk to him? I did I was afraid to. Oh. But every time he got up, you would just hear the click 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 click. Like real tap dancers don't wear their tap shoes out. 
What? No, no they just get they their sneakers with the bottle caps on the mm-hmm. toe and heel. <laughs> in, the, in the bathroom is a tied, a hog tied uh, tap dancer. That must, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be the case. He stole his clothes and tap uh, dancer. Oh. Also, he had a suitcase. Oh, mm. And he unzipped the suitcase and pulled out a bag of cantaloupe. Really? He's really? living weird. All right. Really? Yeah. That sounds like you made it up. Nope, this is all totally true. Wow. It's, he's one of those guys where you're like, you, I don't think you're homeless. But there's something at play. But you don't go home a lot. <laughs> but right. home is weird. There's not mm. a place. Uh, how have you found how have you found Twitter so far? Are you are you enjoying it? You have a shitload of followers and not as many as you. No, but that's not listen, I'm weird. They're all fake. Yeah, no. they're all fake. Mine are all fake. <laughs> no, I love Twitter. Um, you know, you I I love the um First, I think in 140 characters, that's about as much as I can write. So it's perfect for someone like me. Yeah, your parents um, tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's great. I can, you know, be silly and fun and, and share my weird observations about life. And, um, and then I can also do good and do a lot for charities and, 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 and also try to, you know, change the world if I can. Yeah, what, so, so what are some of the charities you're working with now? Well, I've been doing a lot with um, the Humane Society and the ASPCA. Nice. I don't know if, if about Patrick, you know about Patrick the Miracle Dog in New Jersey. Oh, yes, yes. yes. The dog they euthanized and then he... No, no, no. This is another dog. Um, Patrick was um, was chained to a floor and starved to death basically by his owner and then thrown 19 stories down a garbage chute. Jeez. And uh, the garbage man, as he was picking up the garbage, noticed a bag moving, opened the bag, and there was like basically a skeleton of this dog and he was still... He was barely alive, and they took him to the ASPCA and they re- uh, revived him. And he's been um, at this amazing vet hospital outside of Newark, in Tinton Falls. And uh, he's had to have surgery, and, and they've been—he's gained like thirty-three pounds now. Oh wow! And when I was just recently in New York, I actually went to visit him because I'm so moved by—I mean, it, the, the the biggest issue is this woman. Um, she's going to be sentenced on May sixth. She basically faces eighteen months in prison. Fuck oh yeah. wow! Fuck yeah! That's it. I mean, that's the maximum sentence. And um, and New Jersey has the worst animal cruelty laws. And so there's this petition online that I've been encouraging people to sign. And also they could tweet the senator and uh, the ma- mayor, Cory Booker, as well, to force them to make a change. I mean, mm-hmm. this woman needs at least, she needs five years. It needs to be a felony. I mean, yeah. it's, it's severe animal cruelty. Yeah, and and also, uh, uh, I've I've always been a supporter of uh, we need to control the animal populations. Like <laughs> when that's spay neutered, spay, spay yeah. neutered, like Bob Barker said. Like when I'm when, I, when I'm having, this is going to make me sound weird uh, if I haven't achieved that at this point. Um, Whenever, if I'm out and I see someone walking their dog and I notice that the dog still has balls, I'm like, "What are you doing? You yeah. need to fix your animal." Like yeah. we don't. Yeah. There's there are too Plus many. It's they're weird to look at. Yeah. Right. No, I, well, I don't, yeah. I don't then follow. They usually, and... they usually hump your leg too. Right? Yeah. 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 I always yeah. get thrown off if like uh, I was talking to someone recently. They're like, "Yeah, my cat's going crazy. It's in heat." I'm like, "Why? Why isn't it fixed?" Right. It makes me like it makes it so like it's like. It's like a political or religious conversation came up. I'm like, why didn't you do the right thing? Oh, you know, you know what's going to happen though. It's just going to be some weird sort of Rod Serling Twilight Zone irony. Some alien race is going to come down and start castrating humans. I don't see anything. <laughs> why haven't you castrated your human yet? Eh, I don't see anything wrong. I with that, couldn't really. help but notice his testicles. <laughs> they, well, they won't. We and I won't be able to be yeah. clothed. We'll just be treated like animals. God damn it! It's yeah. coming. It's coming around. Yeah. Um, so, where, what's uh, what's which website should people go to to uh, to follow the charity? 
Um, I mean, you can go to the ASPCA um, and any of their websites has information on Patrick. Um, There's also a Facebook page and uh, the name is Patrick the Miracle Dog. Okay. Um, And also on my Twitter at Julie Benz, I tweet a lot about about animal rights and, Mm -hmm. and, and getting these severe cruelty cases. I mean, because when you own a dog... The dog is dependent on you to feed it, and <laughs> and if you let it starve to death, I mean that's just cruel. I mean, yeah. if you can't take care of of a pet anymore, do the right thing. Take it to the ASPCA. Take it to a no kill shelter. Find a home for it. Right. I mean, don't just let it die in front of you. I know. Well, unfortunately, I think you know it's. It, it, I feel like I go through this sometimes where I, 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 you would look at someone like that and go, but it's so obvious. You just have to feed the, and then you kind of realize like, oh yeah, they're not, there are a lot of other areas of that person's life that are being neglected as well. They're not all here. But the dog, the dogs would have a better chance if they just like put it outside of their home and the dog would find something better. That's the thing that always wears me out about these people. They keep it. There was a 19 year old boy recently, um, him and his girlfriend adopted, they bought a three month old boxer puppy and uh, decided that they it was too much to take care of. And so they kept him in his cage in their kitchen and oh, let yeah. the dog basically starve to death, and it died at five months old. Jeez. Now, he's facing three and a half years in jail because it's in Wisconsin, and they have tougher laws, um, which, you know, and she's also facing criminal time. But it's like, and they left the dog on the sidewalk after it was dead. Like, oh, this Jesus. is how they, I mean, it, See, you I know, couldn't take care of my black lab, so I gave it to a family with a 12-year-old in a giant yard. So that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. You're, a thought, you're, you're a thoughtful, sensitive human being. It's so, a lot of people so in this world easier. are dicks. It's so much easier, but uh, the people don't do that. And I don't like the fact that people still get stuff from kennels um, or, you know, breeders. Puppy mills. Like I mean, there's puppy also mills. the whole puppy mill issue and, yeah. and, and overbreeding. And, and we don't need to breed more dogs. We, no, we have, have plenty. more than enough. Go to any shelter and you'll yes. find, yeah, sure, a lot of pit bulls. But there's also a lot of other <laughs> kinds of dogs. But pit bulls are awesome. Pit bulls can be the sweetest dogs in the world. Until they rip your five-year-old's face off. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the breed. It's, it's the owner. It's, yeah, exactly. And um, if your dog's neurotic, that listen, means you're neurotic. I have, I have, a, I have a little Morky. He's a Maltese Yorkie mutt, and uh, he he, tr- <laughs> he tries to attack pit bulls. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's adorable. That's How big is he? Is he tiny he little, like tiny 10 little pounds, guy? Yeah. <gasps> oh, he gets. I think he thinks he's protecting me, but he attacked a pit bull one day. I mean, pit bull looked at him like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> so. How long have you had? How long? Have you, what's your dog's name? Uh, he's Bamboo. Uh-huh. And he, um, he's four, and then I have a little white um, Havanese, and her name's Sugar, and she's two. Oh, my mom had a Havanese. They're great. Loved it. They're, she's stubborn. Yes. They got attitude. Yeah, this one, this one, my mom. They're it was, Cuban. They're from Cuba. So they they have a little bit of the. And they uh, got a little bit of that Latin, Latin like <laughs> attitude. You know. What you don't tell me. I tell you how he goes. Exactly. Yeah, my mom's dog talked. I don't. Did I mention <laughs> that? It was a talking dog. <laughs> yeah, she had this dog for. She was it was a rescue and and you know my mother is so maternal. Like she just. You know, she treat personally. I think there needs to be a little bit clearer lines between my mom and her dogs. But she mm-hmm. like feeds them from the table, oh, and yeah. you know, like does that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> they're a little spoiled. Yeah. But uh, but this dog was really sweet until I don't know what happened to her when she was in the shelter. But if you if she felt that your hand was coming near her neck, oh. she would. Oh yeah yeah. You get a little, you get a little bite in the hand. Yeah, I knew a dog like that. If you if you were just petting his back and you got kind of near his butt, he would just flip out. Mm. He's a shelter dog, so something most yes. likely happened horrible to him. But like you know, just if you get anywhere near it, just would freak out. 
Yeah. It's, yes, I, I don't understand the people that push their dogs in a stroller. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, there's, I, you see diapers it. are okay, though, right? Yeah, diapers yeah. are fine. Okay, good. Also, you should not have an overweight dog. No. An overweight dog or cat is your fault. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, um, overweight cats are make the, the best most internet adorable. pictures. <laughs> they make the yeah. best, like, lasagna. You put yeah. captions on them. Yeah, but it's hard because you see an overweight cat and you feel bad and adorable. This thing, you're like, oh. I mean, my vet yelled at me because bamboo was a pound and a half overweight. And I'm like, it's a pound and a half. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think dog? about me? <laughs> 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 Don't get me started. But, you know, but I took it seriously. I had to stop giving him the treats. Then you find out your vet's doing a bunch of coke in the back <laughs> office, and he's just freaking out and yelling yeah. at people. His <laughs> dog is three ounces overweight. I was. I used to go to a, a, a vet on Figueroa when I was living in Highland Park, and uh, the, at the vet, they would play on a loop, Milo and Otis. And I, at first I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, something to watch. And then I realized how horrible it is because... There's so many dogs and cats killed on the set of Milo and Otis when they were in the making of that movie. Is that true? What? Yeah, they went through multiple versions of both of those animals because they kept on dying. Oh, that's awful. And yeah, so it's so Why weird. Why are they dying? Because what you did, have you seen the movie in a long time? No. It's if you watch it. I don't it, think I ever watched it. It's uh it's like, you know, they like they end up in a box and the box is going down a river and then, you know, It's like a road trip movie yeah. but with but with a with a pug and yeah. a and another and a little uh, orange tabby, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh yeah, it's just <laughs> you realize you're watching you're like, "Oh, this is such a fun adventure," but then you realize how much horrible situations and like scary situations. <laughs> Do they talk about that in the DVD commentary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is Milo 3. Milo 3. And uh Otis 5. <laughs> <laughs> sucks. Oh, that really sucks. We did all sit down and watch my, uh, Marley and Me together. I don't. I refuse to. Watch I can't. That I don't think I can do it either. I don't think I can do it either. And I'll tell you, Bamboo and Sugar. They don't normally pay attention to the TV. They were glued to it. They were just like staring oh, at it. Did they start crying at the end? Yeah, and they were like sitting on top of me. And I was. I like. I house sit a lot of dogs, and I had a, a dog, a, a giant golden doodle that was at the house, and I basically run a kennel out of my house, <laughs> <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> if you're going away, you don't know where to put your dog. Nice. Give him to me. I travel a lot. <laughs> That's the best kind. And, uh, where you just get to have it for a bit. And, um, and so I had this golden doodle like snuggled up next to me and my two, and we were all staring at the screen and we we're bawling our eyes out. And I think, <laughs> literally, I think it was the night before we started production on No Ordinary Family and I show up on the first day with like <laughs> swollen eyes and I'm still crying and I'm like I just saw the worst movie last night <laughs> it really upset me and everyone's like what is it and I'm like Marley and me and the whole crew was like oh dude you shouldn't watch that film <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was talking to a friend she uh, she puts that up she's like, she's like there's a couple movies I'll never watch again uh, um, just because she can't handle it so yes. Dancer in the Dark she's like it's like it's a great movie I'll never watch it again uh, Requiem for a Dream Loved it. Never want to yes. watch it again. Marley and me. Loved it. Never want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, she puts it up there with those movies. I don't think I can do it. I even, I even, I even was pretty upset by that uh, that scene in Lost where Walt's going away on the boat and the dog jumps in and he's oh, trying to catch up to the water. I was God. like, keep swimming, buddy. That was the worst. <laughs> Just keep swimming. And all those, oh man, all the images from like Japan, <laughs> so all the all the dogs oh. finding oh, their Jesus. owners in Japan. Those are those are tearing me apart. I guess they're still um um in that town where the nuclear reactor is. I guess there's a that the, all the house pets were left behind, mm. and the you know the whole town's been evacuated and. Um, you know, they're they're starving, basically. Yeah. Um, well, and there's nothing the they they're not letting anybody come back in. Possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it might actually be a hu- it might be a humane thing. If I mean, especially because 
you know, like you watch any of those specials, like life after people. And then the animals would find our food in the kitchen. They're like, I don't know like how yeah. these domesticated animals yeah. would really do. There's a really serious dog problem in Detroit. I don't know if you saw that. You, there was a viral YouTube video um, because of all the abandoned buildings because the economy is mm-hmm. pretty much crap there. Um, uh, there's a lot of abandoned buildings and um, a lot of pets left behind and abandoned dogs. And they're basically... Um, just becoming like wild animals because no one's taking care of them and they have to survive. And um, there's a really uh, very disturbing video that I watched and I can't even tell you what it was that I saw that was so upsetting. But I mean, the dog was just being a dog and trying to survive. But, um, you know, the, the city isn't going to, they haven't really taken, um, they haven't done anything. Right. As far as I know, yeah. that's just true. I think weird for states. Detroit. <laughs> Man, they seem so on top of the guys. Once think, Robocop gets there, everything's gonna be okay. I think yeah, there's true. some things being put together. With neighboring states are going in and uh, taking some of the dogs and putting them in their kennels and trying to kind of the same thing they did in uh, uh, after Hurricane Katrina. Where, right. um, that's that's actually after Hurricane Katrina is when I started donating uh, regularly to the ASPCA, right. where it's uh, you know just they help find these dogs that are just their owners are gone or they're just misplaced and they go and. Give them new homes and stuff like that. It's a kind I'm of hosting a, a poker tournament um, for the Nevada ASPCA um, on May 21st. Oh, cool. Up in Reno. Oh, that's great. So nice. if anybody, you know, any listeners want to come? You guys want to come Are there to any listener, you're, listeners? You're there. Uh, you know what they say about Reno? It's near Lake Tahoe. I've never been. You haven't been, been to Lake Tahoe? Been. Never been to Reno. Oh, Reno is a... Place. It's a place. It's a place for the people. You know what? Though it'll be fun because you'll you'll you like you'll get to see the nice. Like they'll take you into all the nice parts. And, yeah, I yeah. don't play poker, so I hope they're not expecting me to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what may happen now because of this podcast, people might come up to you with barf bags and be like, "We we sign my barf bag." Because yeah. it's like super inside joke. Yeah, but the ASPC is amazing, and then there's also uh, Best Friends um, Animal Network organization, and they um, they do wonderful things too. They take in a lot of senior dogs, and I I had fostered two senior dogs for a while. I had two senior labs, and I found them both homes, but I had taken them in, and that was hard. I mean, it was hard to think that their owners, you know, didn't want to take care of them anymore. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how. I don't know. It's uh, if it, it, it people these animals that aren't being taken care of, it's because their owners <laughs> aren't taking care of themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we domesticated the, the 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 animal. I mean, we domesticated dogs and cats. You know, so they rely on us. They're not wild wild animals. I mean, they rely on us to care for them. We have a social responsibility. Cats don't want us. No, they don't. <laughs> they want us when they want us. Yeah, yeah but it, but but you know, when you when you look back, you know, when you look back at the. Uh, when you look back at sort of uh, hominid development and 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 you know like what you know what Neanderthals and, and Homo sapiens branching off and then you you realize like oh yes uh, Homo sapiens were allowed to thrive because we formed the symbiotic relationship with dogs yeah. who would who we would you know we would create packs with them and they would hunt for us when we couldn't get food and right. we exist. We exist now largely because of the relationship we had yes. with dogs. Yes. So let's give back. Come on, Detroit. Know, sure. let's, let's take care get of Get off your grimy animals. ass and <laughs> get some dogs let's out to people. Get the cop statue built. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll take care of the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I wanted to ask was the, the difference between, uh, just shifting gears, the, the Dexter set versus the Buffy set. The Dexter set seems like it might have been 
a very serious place. It was a very serious place. Was there was there any screwing around or was anyone I just I've heard and I don't I mean not in any bad way, but I've just I've heard Michael C. Hall is very like, hmm, very serious. Very I, you know what is interesting cuz a lot most of the actor all the actors came from New York. Um and uh, we're very like theater actors, and I was the only like TV actor <laughs> in the group. <laughs> and I'm silly and fun, and and I had to um, um, I had to watch my silliness. Although it's part of my process on set is to have fun and be silly, because I can be like laughing and joking around. You can yell action, I can burst into tears. I'm psychotic like that. <laughs> um, but when I'm joking around, it means I'm relaxed, and so that's part of me staying relaxed. And you know, and and everybody else worked very differently. Um, they had to lead up to um, the just very serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would you know go in the corner and joke around with the crew, nice. <laughs> and then you know. But uh, but it was also you know I respected their process. They respected the fact that it was my process was to um, kind of have that loose fun energy. So I could then burst into tears and be an emotional basket case. Did you get to hang out with uh, John Lithgow? I never got to work because you guys with were him. never in any of the same scenes. No, yeah. I thought I was in the clear. I had no clue I was being <laughs> killed. I thought. Oh really? Yeah, I thought if I don't have a scene with him, that means I'm you know that means I'm. I'm fine. We knew there was some big ending that they, you know, had talked about. But, that know, episode messed me up. Messed me up too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and me too, because that is that. It, it, that was just the the old. Oh, I should probably. I'll put a spoiler alert in the beginning of the thing. Oh, just the just just the old just the old switcheroo where it ends and you're like, what the fuck? Like I yeah. It, yeah. like I think I shouted at the television. I did. I stood up. I was like, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, <laughs> fuck. And, it's, you know, and then we went around to the back of the set to see if you were okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you weren't there. You weren't there. I wasn't there. Um, you know, it was it was really tough. I actually, um, you know, I, I only found out an hour before they put out the script. Um, and I was shocked um, that I was losing my job. <laughs> that is, that's the, the and, and, the, and that's the shittiest part about yeah. as, as fun as this business can be, you never feel a sense. Like, I always, I always wonder, like, no, you, you never know, have a sense on of Seinfeld, how long, how far in before everyone was like, you know what, we're going to be fine? Like, it must have been like five seasons. Yes. Because you just, you Probably never, when they went into syndication, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, now we're going to, now we're going to be okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how do you how, how do you get around that emotionally? Is it just is it a process you go through, or do you just accept it well, like easily? Drinks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it was um, you know because it, it was so shocking to me. I mean, it, it was like a death in the family. I mean, that's what it felt like. Like I I I was I loved Rita. I absolutely loved her, and um, and so I felt that um, you know I I felt like I was defending her life in the room when they told me. Um, and uh, I was throwing everybody else under the bus. I'm like, there's five cops standing around that do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a baby. <laughs> you guys, Rita just got her life together. Yeah. Come on. Like, I mean, can't. she's been dating scumbags her whole life. Yeah. She finally gets her head on her shoulders and you cut it off. Yeah, I'm like, what about one of the cops? They're not doing anything. <laughs> did, you, did you show up at the table read and you're like, okay, guys, where's the real script? Really funny. Yeah, no, I actually, I didn't go to the table read for that script. Oh, no. It was, I mean, I mean, that was part of my process was it was it was really difficult um but you know i gave myself um that evening i g gathered up all my close friends we went to merrick's we had a lot of margaritas mm -hmm. <laughs> and um and then the next day i was like okay time to move on 
you know. Um, but it was hard. It was hard. I had to keep it a secret for a long time, for about two and a half months. I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. Um, oh, and people were asking you how the show's going. You're like, it's mm-hmm. great. And, and, I, and I had a movie coming out at the time. I had Boondock Saints 2 that was premiering. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, I was doing all this press. And like, <laughs> Everyone keeps asking just about trying that. to hold it together and be like, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Wait till you see the ending. It's a game changer. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, and like being fun and cool with it. And then, but then at the same time, I was going on auditions, but they had to see me secretly. Oh. But I'd be going into rooms with producers, and they'd be like why are you here? And I'm like, I'm not allowed to tell you, but I'm here. <laughs> and they're like, what happens? And oh. I'm like, I can't tell you, oh, no. but there's a reason why I'm here. <laughs> so it was this, it was really difficult. And, um, um, but once it, once it, it aired, um, there was this, like, for, I, I had this fear that nobody was going to care, really, because season four, Rita kind of became a nemesis to a serial killer, like mm-hmm. a housewife became a nemesis to a serial killer. And there was a lot of Rita hate <laughs> o- online. And so I really thought like, oh, wow, maybe maybe the audience isn't going to care. Like maybe it's not going to be shocking. Maybe they're going to be excited. And um, so I had all that nerve, nervous tension leading up to it. And um the the night after it aired, I went out to dinner in West Hollywood and um, I walked into this restaurant and literally there was like a gasp. And then people started coming up to me and were hugging me and were crying. Oh my gosh. And they're like, you're alive. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just a show. <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> they didn't really kill me. That'd be weird. <laughs> that would be reality TV then. Um, <laughs> it's not film. And um, like, you know, so it was... Um, and, and for months after, and even now to this day, like, I get people coming up and wanting to hug me and like needing that. Like It's almost like they needed closure. And that's why I went back for the beginning of season five was to give not only myself closure because it was so abrupt, but to also hopefully give the audience some sort of closure with, um, with that image and, and, and helping them move on. Yeah. You know, but I get a lot of hugs. I get a lot of free drinks. There you go. I do. I know you don't drink it. I sound like an alcoholic. No, 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 no. No, not not to listen. I'm not. I'm not one of those creepy ex drinkers who's like, is that wine in your hand? You got a problem. Like, I think. Listen, I always say drinking is like pouring smiles on your brain. Like, if you can do, if you can, if you can, if you can do it. Then great. I think I think no, that's but great. I get like you know like I was in New York this past month and um and it seemed like every waiter and waitress was a Dexter fan and they'd all caught me a drink nice. and I was like Gore. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Well, I, I think I mean it seems like are are you are you in a position maybe you can't talk about this are you in a position with your show now where you can go on auditions again or are you not going on auditions? Again? I did a pilot. For CBS, you did. I did. What was it? Can you talk about it? Yeah, it's um, it's it's called the Untitled Susanna Grant Project. Okay. Um, and it's uh, it was directed by Jonathan Demi. Oh wow! And Susanna Grant, she wrote Aaron Brockovich. Okay. And it's with Patrick Wilson. Oh my God, he's so great! Amazing. And Jennifer Ely, who um, she played um, Jeffrey Rush's wife in the King's Speech. Now, mm-hmm. as I say that, since you didn't see it, you don't know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but she won a Tony Award. She's an amazing actress. Um, once again, it's all New York actors and yeah. me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I play Patrick's sister. And uh, it's, a, there, it's a supernatural medical drama. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. It's really cool. And I play a hippie, like this kind of very granola hippie. Um, I'm into crystal healing and 
shamans and, and that's about all I can t- say but it's fun it's it's a it's it's it was a great experience I spent the last month in New York shooting it so oh that's awesome so you know ultimately if no ordinary family gets picked up I will go back on that mm-hmm. um you know but uh it just <laughs> it just seemed that we weren't we're not <laughs> yeah but I, oh, I, just, I, I, I still have my I still have my hopes. I still hope that it does. I mean, I I, I loved working on the show, and uh, I loved playing Stephanie Powell and working with our amazing cast. So I still hope. Oh yeah, because you work with Autumn Reeser too, yes. who I know from doing. Um, we do this thing called Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is like yes. a live radio play. Yes. And she's phenomenal in that. <laughs> yes. Uh, she does a really great Amelia Earhart. <laughs> a really great voice. That's uh, it's so much fun. Well, I hope. I hope your show comes back, uh, but I but I just feel like I feel like you're in the machine. Like you will work, you know. Like you're gonna work. I don't know. Knock on wood. <laughs> you're gonna work. I still I still think at the end of every job, it's the last time I'll ever work. I yeah, still so have that. That's like. because that's because in this business we're conditioned, we're conditioned to flinch every time. Like I mean, we yeah. become these weird. We develop this weird sort of abused wife relationship yes, with yes. the business where you're like, don't hit me. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever someone raises their hand or like starts petting us too closely to our butts, uh, like, <laughs> like, like your dog friend. But, but from, from my point of view, it seems like Julie Benz is going to be a okay. She's in the machine. She's great. You're just going to keep doing stuff. I hope. I mean, you know, like I said, you never know right now the train's moving and I'm enjoying every moment of it. And, you know, I have no life. <laughs> so all I do is work and, and that's, you know, the price you pay when the train's moving. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll have a life down the line. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, it's, um, you just never know. I mean, I've been an actor now 26 years. Sweet. So um, I've had ups and I've had downs. Yeah. And I've had ups again. And I hope I never have another down. <laughs> but, you know, I'm prepared. Well, I have I, my, I have my, like, you know how you're supposed to have your earthquake prepared? Yes. I have my, like, non-working actor preparedness kit. What is in that kit? Money. <laughs> a a, gold, a pile money. of gold for currency and less money gets abolished in some way. And alcohol. Yeah, money. There's like a, a, bottle, a bottle of tequila and it's fucking a pile of cash. And, and, and some possible hobbies <laughs> you can fill up your time with possible hobbies is a good name for a book oh that's right? a great name for a book or a band or a band yeah possible hobbies our first song is noodle stories noodle stories <laughs> um yeah that's uh that's great i i love that you uh, that you came on the show so willingly and oh, i, I appreciate uh and again i apologize for the way that it all happened for stalking just, me yeah i mean it, it was a little bit for stalking. watching me get a pat down for what? <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm always offended when they don't pat me down. Oh, really? We're <laughs> well, not going through the machines now, where you have to put your hands yeah. in the diamond shape, and yeah. then then they can see they see everything. Everything. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start writing stuff on my parts, and then just see if I get weird looks as I go through, like, "Hey, a sport or whatever," and just write weird stuff if they can read it. I don't think they can read stuff, but they can Ooh. see if you had work done. <laughs> Uh, the guy had a second penis put in yeah just for you guys maybe they can also tell if maybe like a surgeon left a pair of scissors inside Uh, of you yes Yes, exactly like one of those weird medical anomaly websites where they're like there seems to be a a bottle of cheese whiz uh, lodged up there Uh, that's why I keep setting off the metal detector Uh, well I I wish you the best thank Thank you so much for coming on Uh, Julie Benz on Twitter at Julie Benz (laughs) 
And uh, we'll keep following you. And then, you know, like, you're, you're welcome to, if you want to come back on in six months or whatever, or eight months to check in and see, see what you're up to. Awesome. I would love you to. You should invite me. I will. <laughs> I will. Now, <laughs> now that you know now, me. Now that I know you and now I know the proper way to do that. Have you had Autumn on since you know Autumn? I've not had Autumn on yet, and I absolutely want to have her on. You should have her on. Yeah, I will. I will you have, have Autumn on. You should have Romney on. Do you know Romney Malco? Yes! I just, yes! I. You know what? Romney and I hung out in... Uh, I was I was performing at South by Southwest yes. and Romney was down he, there. He is he is he is a firecracker that guy. He is. And he'll come in and do Tijuana Jackson. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will we will definitely have Romney Malco you on. You have to have him on. He was great. Yes. I totally you just reminded me that I need to have him on. So yes. we will. And if he if he if he's if he's not sure, have him call me. <laughs> I already asked him to come on and he already agreed. Okay. So I think that's an oral contract. Okay. I yeah, think I could yeah. sue him legally. <laughs> legally, yes. For if he doesn't make an appearance on the podcast, yeah. but I think I think he will. I think he will. I think he will too. He's great. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Julie Benz. Goodbye. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by GoToMeeting, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. For your free 30-day trial, visit GoToMeeting.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the cat in the hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.